for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LeCrack. On today's episode, myself and Bully Ray talk about Monday Night Raw, the face-off between Logan Paul and Ricochet, Cody Rhodes facing his own Brock Lesnar, which is... Brock Lesnar, and we also speak to Impact Knockouts champion Deanna Perrazzo before a big match with Trinity at Slammiversary right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Let's get into Monday Night Raw from last night and the back and forth between Logan Paul and Ricochet. And I want to get your take on it because we do a whole master's class that dropped this past Sunday that you got to check out. You can only hear it on the busted open podcast. It's called going green. And what it's about is about getting into the ring with the celebrity, with the non pro wrestler. And we talk a lot about ricochet and Logan Paul in our podcast. And a lot about what Logan Paul had to say about ricochet on his own podcast and bully, they went there on Raw yesterday. It's exactly what Ricochet wanted to talk about with Logan Paul. So, a lot to ask you about, bully. So, first and foremost, Ricochet. This is probably the most we've seen from Ricochet live on the microphone in the middle of the ring in an arena. What did you think of Ricochet's promo last night? What do you think Ricochet was doing in the first three minutes of his promo? I always accuse you of doing it. What's that? What's that? Chasing the hug. He did a lot of he did a lot of uh, you and me. A lot of a lot of him and the fans. I do it for you. And he did a lot of that to open up his promo last night. Yes, a lot of chasing the hug on the promo. All right, no problem. Whatever. Um. Logan Paul comes out. But you said you had a lot of questions. So yes. you want to break down your questions? Because I, I, yeah, if, I, if I just broad stroke this, it's gonna I'm gonna go on forever. All right. But let me ask you those. So overall, what did you think of Ricochet's promo last night? Overall, good night for Logan Paul, mediocre for Ricochet. Okay. So what did you think about them using Logan's Paul's podcast uh as fuel? 
Now, I like that, but at the same time, what we did on our master's class is that I wrote, I read the quotes from his podcast. So I said exactly what Logan Paul had to say about their match at Money in the Bank and exactly what um, he said about Ricochet. They didn't do that last night. Do you think they did a good enough job explaining? Do you think there were a lot of fans watching last night? Because we say this about AEW, right? That like AEW assumes that their fan base knows what they're talking about. Do you think the average WWE fan knew what Ricochet was talking about last night? What Ricochet was talking about? What Logan Paul was talking what, about? What, what, what Ricochet was talking about. Because he was bringing up the unprofessional, him saying he was unprofessional. Like he talked about that, you know, you had a lot of things to say in your podcast, but they didn't, but he didn't really say what he said in the podcast. Do you think if I was the, if I was the WWE, I probably would have ran a B roll or a a two minute package of what Logan Paul did say on his podcast to bring the WWE universe up to speed because are most WWE fans listening to Logan Paul's podcast? I don't know. Let's say, let's let's just call it 50%. Since we don't know, we'll cut it down the middle. Well, that's 50% of your live audience in Buffalo last night who had no idea what the hell they were talking about and 50% of your home audience who didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And I think and I think that showed bully because the crowd was into it a little bit, but I think they were a little bit confused by what Ricochet was saying. They weren't really reacting to a lot what Ricochet was saying. There was a there was a couple of chants during the promos, but I think they missed I think they missed a big plot line in the story, which is the foundation of what the story is all about. So I, I think they missed something there last night. The two things that stuck out to me last night about well, us three things. I mentioned one about Ricochet chasing the hug and chasing it pretty hard. Um, but sometimes when you're a baby face who's been around for a long, long time, who people only respond to your moves and not the man you are or your personality and character, sometimes you have to dig deep. The other thing that stood out to me, and I was I was shocked by this, while Ricochet was talking and they started chanting Logan Paul sucks or Logan sucks, whatever. And I'm like, holy shit, Logan Paul is commanding hate more than Ricochet is commanding love, which tells you a lot about the uh, a crowd's emotional investment. And then Logan Paul said it a split second later. He's like, look at this. They're chanting my name, not yours in the middle of your promo. And then they do something in which the entire place should have been on their feet for Ricochet, and you could have heard crickets. When Ricochet does that Superman dive, that superhero-esque dive out of the ring and lands on his feet, something so physically and athletically impressive that maybe only a couple of guys in this industry can do like Kenny Omega-esque athleticism, Will Ospreay-esque athleticism. What did the people do? What, what noise did you hear come out of that crowd? Not much. Meh. 
they didn't even pop for the dive. First of all, they didn't set it up right so that the people could pop for the flip land. I don't even know what it's called. The flippy thingy where he lands on his feet. It came in the middle of, of, of Logan Paul saying, I'm a WWE superstar or something like that. And then Ricochet does the dive. What they should have done is Logan Paul should have started to bait the people in and bait Ricochet in. Like, what are you going to do, Ricochet? What could you possibly do, Ricochet? I'm standing out here on the ramp and you're in that ring. There's 30 feet in between us. You ain't fast enough to catch me, Ricochet. I'm just as athletic as you. And the minute you come after me, Ricochet, I'll be out through the curtain and in my Maserati before you can, you know, whatever. Whistle Dixie. And then all of a sudden, the dive land on your feet right in Logan Paul's face. Now the people would have been like, Because Logan Paul would have been calling him out and telling him to his face that you can't get to me quick enough. Bang, Ricochet gets to him quick enough. There was no response to Ricochet's athleticism. Think about that. The one thing that we have been responding to from Ricochet from day one is his athleticism. And that didn't even get a response. I'd be concerned, but guess what? The WWE is not concerned because if you listen to the verbiage that they wrote for Logan Paul, it was written for Logan Paul to decimate Ricochet. And you know what? Like in, in, in essence, when I was watching that last night, Ricochet just proved Logan Paul's point. You talked about that dive outside the ring. What did Ricochet say immediately after that dive? Yeah, that would look, you just proved my point. That would look good on TikTok. Like, yep. You know, because what have been a lot of the things that you've said, Bully, about Ricochet? You know, we don't get a lot of fire. We don't get a lot of personality. We don't have a lot of charisma when it comes to Ricochet. He's just very athletic. It looks good on social media. Let's face it. When did Ricochet first create a buzz for himself? When that clip of him and Will Ospreay, right? What I'm guessing, I think that was about 2016. That clip went out, remember? It went viral yes, and everybody the one, was... that, the one that Vader, God rest his soul, buried. Yes. Like, and and it that's caused, how it caught fire. It caused a lot of controversy because there was a lot of the old school people saying that this isn't wrestling and then new school fans saying this is how the industry has evolved. But it created controversy. But what, did it, what was it? It was a clip. Now I look at those two wrestlers because those are the two wrestlers that were involved in that clip. I look at Ricochet... And I look at Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay, to me, is on a completely different level. Is it because of his athleticism? No, because Will Ospreay has shown a completely different side outside of his athleticism. He's created a character. He's gotten great on the microphone. You know, he can do what he can do against the Kenny Omega, but he could do so much more than just athletic moves. Will Ospreay has shown that. And he's also been honest with his audience that, you know what, there's going to be a time where I can't do this anymore. He's got to change his style a little bit more. He's got to get dirty. He's got to show a little grit. He's got to show a little violence. And I think he did that in that match with Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door. Ricochet hasn't graduated from that yet. Now, listen, he's gotten opportunities because of his athleticism. 
But if you're going to get to that next level, you got to show a little bit more. That that segment last night, and I said it to Paul, our producer, I felt like Logan Paul schooled Ricochet because he Ricochet showed every point. Even when it got, even when it got physical, it didn't really get physical. If that makes any kind of sense, even to the way they looked last night, where Logan Paul is in a in a in a white t shirt, looking like you know hip and cool with his sunglasses on, and Ricochet does have some weird looking button up shirt where yeah. where Logan Paul could even make fun of him. Like there was, to me, no step forward for Ricochet last night, but I don't think that the WWE cares about the Ricochet step forward. It's all about Logan Paul. And Ricochet is just a guy that happened, that can happen to do all the super athletic stuff that Logan Paul can do. Yes, and, and there was a point last night, and this is where I think they missed the boat a lot. And, and, and I agree with the way that it should have went. And I even have my own take on how it should have went last night as well. But there's a point where it got a little physical and Logan Paul goes to just punch Ricochet and Ricochet ducks the punch. And then Ricochet does this. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Like he kind of like runs in place for a second to set up a move. And I, 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 I honestly don't remember. I remember more of him running in place because he's waiting for Logan Paul to stand up. So he can do this move, right? And it's just like, man, what the fuck? Why are you running in place to set up a move? You're falling into the trap. That's exactly what Logan Paul's talking. Bear up your, just make a fist and punch the fucking guy in the face. Please. He should have done the dive over the top rope, landed on his feet. They should have got the look of shock on Logan Paul's face and then one right fist to the jaw. Bang! Drop Logan Paul right there. So Logan Paul has to be looking up at Ricochet. It's it's amazing to me sometimes, as great as the WWE is at certain things, how they miss the boat on others. This is not me playing Monday morning quarterback now. This is what I would have suggested if I was the agent, if I was the producer. Because you want to make Ricochet look good now? So Logan Paul talks all this shit. Like, basically, what are you going to do, Ricochet? What are you going to do? Flip, land on feet, wham, right in the face. That's what I'm going to do, Logan. And next time, I'll steal your Pokemon card, too. He went off on it. Like, he is. You're right. Like, the way Logan Paul went out there with the baseball cap and basically an undershirt and... You know, Ricochet, and listen, that's fine. We talk about Cody, the way he dresses. I'm not even I'm not even talking about that. Be you, do what you want, wear what you want. I don't give a shit. But man, like you're up there, you're ch- like you said, chasing the hug, talking to the fans. And then Logan Paul comes out and said, man, you're just a TikTok guy. You're just looking to make moves so you can get on social media. I'm not about social media. I'm a WWE superstar. You're just a guy chasing the hug and looking to get on social media. And what do you do? You do a bunch of moves so that you can get put on social media. He should have baited Logan Paul into the ring and like you just punched him dead square in the face and then walked out of the ring. 
No, wait. I think you're uh, Ricochet should have not baited Logan Paul into the ring. Logan Paul should have baited Ricochet outside of the ring, and that's when we should have got the cool dive. And you said that before, yes. Now, I remember when I did that back in 97, because I invented that flip over the top rope where you land on your feet. You remember that, Dave, yeah, right? Yeah, but you also did it. You were chewing bubble gum, and you spit the gum out, and it landed back in your mouth when your feet planted, which was really exactly. cool. So yeah. the next time guys like Ricochet or Logan Paul need help with stuff like that, feel free to call me. I just feel like, Bully, if that would have happened, if things would have gotten physical, if he would have landed a punch instead of doing a bunch of moves, if he was able to get a little bit more angry on the microphone saying, you know what, you don't know me enough of this, like something a little bit more than we got, I think it would have done wonders for Ricochet. I I actually think that that segment hurt Ricochet more than it helped him. Why did we all pop when George McFly punched biff tannen in the face because we didn't see it coming there's a guy standing up to the bully and boom punched him in the face the one thing we can all relate to whether we are a dave lagreca or a bully ray whether we are a meek man or a giant whether we are non-confrontational or ultra confrontational everybody man woman child knows what it's like or has seen with their own eyes what it's like to ball your hand up into a fist and punch somebody else in the face. We see it in movies. We see it in TV shows. We see it in uh, sports. We see it, yada, yada. We see it everywhere. It's relatable. That's why that's exactly what Ricochet should have did. But no, I'm going to duck this, run this way, do this, and then it hit a sliced bread off of the apron. Wrestling moves suck when it comes to real animosity. Real animosity calls for fists. I always do this, Dave, and this is what I teach students and young wrestlers and blah, blah, blah. Please describe to our audience what I'm doing right now, Dave. You got your, you got both fists in the air. Like you're covering up your face, but you're ready for a fight. This is where a baby face lives. In the middle of the ring with his fists in the air, ready to fight. Any great baby face uses his fists first. You cannot go back in history. You cannot find me a baby face who did not use his fists first. This is where the money is for a baby face in his fists. Like, I, I don't, and Bully, I, I know we're harping on this, but I don't, Bully, like there's been times where you've said something on this air where you've pissed me off and I'll go back at you. You know what? Like there have been times, right? That we've, we've kind of flared up about certain things, right? But imagine I I, maybe they were worse to you than me. I wouldn't really know. Like, tell me, so give me an example. All right. I'll use an example. Remember that time when you were saying I was an AEW ass kisser and I came at you. We had a little bit of a tiff, right? Okay. I mean, it was like a tiff on the air. It happens. It's, it's going to happen when you're on the air as much as we are. But imagine you came on the air or I came on the air and I called you uh, unprofessional. And, you know, and, and I, I said that you're just chasing a hug and you're just looking for social media clicks. But the, but the word that 
Ricochet kept saying over and over again was unprofessional. To a true professional, I, I, I would have to think, Bully, there's no word that's more disrespectful than being called unprofessional. That's the word that was being used. And that's the way Ricochet responds to that. There's the guy right in front of you that went on his own podcast and called you unprofessional. Unprofessional. And that's how you respond? That's how you respond to Logan Paul? A a 20-year professional was being called unprofessional by some greenhorn. And, And instead of getting angry... He's explaining himself in the middle of the ring. I don't know if Ricochet knows what anger is, Dave. You know what? You know what, Bully? You may have the biggest point of all. Because I, I, listen, I haven't been in a lot of fights in my life. But you know what? I've been in fights. And if somebody's going to call me unprofessional and somebody's going to disrespect me and then, and then have the balls to come out, and and look at me in the eye and say it again, and all I'm going to do is pace back and forth in the middle of the ring, look down on the ground, on the canvas, and start saying, well, I don't know why you're saying that. I've been in this industry for 20 years, and I try my best, and I do it for the fans. Fuck that. Take your fucking fist and punch the guy in the face. He's disrespecting you. And then when the segment's over... You know who had a smile on his face? Logan Paul. Logan Paul was sitting there by the apron of the ring with a smile on his face, mocking Ricochet, mocking him. Come on, man. Give me something here. How am I, how am I supposed to support a guy like that? Seriously, how am I supposed to get behind a guy who's not even going to support himself? Who's not even going to... You want me to stand up for you? The guy's in front of you. The fan, the fifteen thousand fans aren't gonna do it for you. You gotta do it. Show a little fucking gusto here, man. Please. This is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a Sirius XM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on Sirius XM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. 
to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I don't know if you saw it, but... A lot of people thinking that a rubber match was an actual wrestling match and what's the stipulations of a rubber match, but the rubber match is obviously a ball term, which is, you know, the third in a series of games. And that's what we're going to get between Brock and Cody come SummerSlam. It's not a match with a stipulation, though. That could be fun. I think a rubber match would be fun, kind of like a, a bull rope match with a giant rubber band. You just snap the guy back into you. That or a condom. Uh, Bully. Um, (laughs) How would you win the match? Uh, That sounds something Russo-rific. Condom on a pole match. uh, You know what, Bully? It's all about the finish. Um, So, Uh but anyway, that's not what the rubber mat is. Rubber match is not a type of match, but, and it's also funny that Cody's Brock Lesnar is actually Brock Lesnar. That's, you know, that think about that. You know, everybody has their Brock Lesnar, but Cody's Brock Lesnar is actually Brock Lesnar. Very rare that that happens. What is your Brock Lesnar? <laughs> I got many of them. But the one that I put out on the zombies? Social, it was the walking, talking zombies are, are my uh, Brock Lesnar. They get in my way. They impede the growth of this show, Bully. And I need, we need as a nation to overcome the walking, talking zombies in order to get our goal of hashtag busted open 247, busted open 247. And we will, just like Cody said, I will try. No, I will, just like the nation. We won't try. We will 
beat those walking, talking zombies on the 37th floor. Cody or Brock over at SummerSlam? Cody. Got to be Cody, right? Yes. Especially he said, what, I, said I will. He said, not, I'm not going to try. I will. So once you make that kind of statement, once you make that kind of promise, Bully, you always say it. You got to come through. You're the baby face here. So you got to come through, which again goes back to WrestleMania 40. Brock Lesnar is just an obstacle in Cody's way. He's got to overcome that obstacle. What better way to do that than at SummerSlam? Agreed. Regular match, stipulation match. Oh, boy. Last man standing. Or does Cody have to pin Brock? It's an excellent question, Bully. Um, That's what I do, Dave. That's what I do. I know. I mean, what I would love to see, but I don't think the WWE would ever do it, would be an I quit match. But I don't know if you ever want to see Brock Lesnar say I quit. I think we need to see Cody Rhodes pin Brock Lesnar or submit Brock Lesnar. Because if Cody Rhodes is going to go on to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia, Cody Rhodes is going to have to pin Roman Reigns or submit Roman Reigns. And what better foundation to stand on for those future promos when Roman says to Cody Rhodes, what makes you think you can beat me? What makes you think you can beat the tribal chief? And Cody turns around and says, I'm the guy that pinned the beast. I Now that you're, you're talking it out, I think I like getting Brock to tap. Because first of all, you had Cody's injury, his arm. Imagine Cody being able to make Brock Lesnar tap. Now we just saw... Roman Reigns get pinned by Jay Uso. So imagine Cody's line is to get Roman Reigns to tap at WrestleMania. Has anybody made Brock tap? In recent, at the very least in recent history. You know what? I'm going to have to check that bully. No one that does not come to mind. Has anyone made Brock, Brock passed tap? out? Brock passed out to the Hell's Gate. That's when he flipped off Taker. Yes. I don't remember Brock tapping. This is a great question for the nation because I because can't think if, of it. Because if, if Roman never made Brock tap, then that is the solid foundation for Cody. Go ahead, Dave. He's he's Brock Lesnar's tapped out four times in his WWE career. Uh, And only two wrestlers have made him tap Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Okay. What was the last year he tapped out? Um, I'd have to double check that. But being that it was Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle, it's got to be a while ago. Okay. I think that's um, pretty solid, though. I, I like the tapping. To see Brock tap is a big, big deal. I I got him. I got him right here. He's ta- He tapped at SummerSlam 2003 on a September 16th edition of SmackDown in 2003 uh, at Survivor Series 2003 
And then December 2nd, 2003 on an episode of SmackDown. Four times he tapped in one year. Yep. Wow. Okay. Long time uh, one, ago, like you said. One was uh, in a match. The last one was against Benoit, December 2nd, 2003. The other one was at Survivor Series 2003. So it was, it was Team Angle versus Team Lesnar. So it wasn't a one-on-one match. Uh, and then See, I'm was- a fan. I'm, I'm a fan of counting to three. Fans love to count to three. Yeah. They love to buy into false finishes, and they love to count to three. If Cody is going to beat Roman, I want to see him beat Roman with three crossroads. Although I love the idea of Cody making Brock tap, I think now is the time to paint the picture of what Cody can do with those three crossroads to a legitimate contender in Brock Lesnar. You know, you make a great point. I would love to see the tap out, but there's something about the crowd counting one, two, three. I don't think there's anything in wrestling that beats that. So, man, that's a tough one, Bully. Because I think it could be a good story that he taps out Brock and that he wants to tap out Roman, especially since Jey Uso pinned Roman. So then Cody makes him tap. But, man, in front of 80,000 fans in Philadelphia to have that crowd count along to the one, two, three, that's a pretty big moment. Hmm. Yeah, I'm a fan of the three count. And think about that. Because if you make Brock tap, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you make Brock tap, I'm talking about the three count on Roman, but if you made Brock tap at SummerSlam with, let's just, uh, I don't know, let's call it the figure four. And then you hook that same figure four on Roman, and Roman doesn't, people will buy into it that that's going to be the finish. Because if he could if he could make Brock tap with it, people will buy into it with Roman. And to think about it, that Brock hasn't tapped out in the WWE in 20 years again. The last time was against Chris Benoit. That's how far back it's been since Brock Lesnar has tapped out, Bully. I mean, that's 20 years. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you could go that route at SummerSlam trying to think if there's uh what did you what did you uh i was going back to that dusty finish did you did you like the idea of the dusty finish for jay and roman at SummerSlam? the only the only reason why i'm gonna say no is because you're talking to a guy that had to go through a lot of dusty finishes back in the nwa so it's left a bad taste in my mouth bully because i think um in those, you know, dying days before it turned into WCW, they relied on that dusty finish a lot. And, uh, but we haven't seen it really in the WWE, but that's probably my only knock on it. But for a no, a whole generation of fans that didn't have to live through that, I think you could do it and it would, it would create a lot of heat. But then is that buying too much into Jay? Is that going to make, it more difficult for Cody at WrestleMania to go up against Roman because man. Well, I'll, I'll make the comparison of Sami Zayn. It seems like Cody was able to get over the Sammy hump. Well, they, you know, Sammy had his match. He lost and they moved on. Are they going to do the same thing with Jay Uso? Is Jay Uso going to lose at SummerSlam 
and then they move on. Because if you get a dusty finish, I don't think you can move on. I think you got to continue that story. Which that's is a good make, point, Dave. Which because is, now you've told yeah. the people that Jay did win the match. Yes, and that's going to make Jay Uso even bigger. So I don't that that puts that paints them into a corner if they eventually want to go to Cody. Hi everybody, Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports. NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite. Drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 Eastern on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Channel 82, or anytime on the SXM app. One of the marquee matchups on Saturday involves our next guest going up against Trinity. And again, she's the champion. And my money is definitely on our guest that's joining us. And that is New Jersey's own Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna, thank you for the time. And man, a lot to talk about with you going into this weekend. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. No, thanks Deanna, for right off, right, I just want to add right off the bat. Yeah, thanks for coming, yada, yada. Nice pleasantries, yeah. Um, <laughs> what, Dave? It's just... It's okay to be nice, bully. Like, you know, like... Look at who you're talking to. I know, I know, but but let me just set the table a little bit, okay? No, now you want to steal my gimmick. <laughs> no, all right. Forget the table, all right? Let me just set it for you here. Okay, Deanna Perrazzo, obviously one of the big stars with Impact Wrestling. She is the Knockouts champion. She has done a lot for that championship. You know, she's going into a marquee matchup with Trinity. A lot of people talking. This is Trinity's, you know, really first opportunity at championship gold since coming to Impact Wrestling. A lot of pressure on her, a lot of spotlight on this match. So since you aren't going to be able to do it, Bully, let me do it. Deanna, thank you, because I know that you got to be in a certain mindset when you're this far away from a marquee matchup, I would think. You know, with the buzz around it, with the spotlight, this has got to be one of the biggest matches of your career for sure, what's going to happen on Saturday. So knowing all that, yet still coming on with this this morning, I appreciate that. And I'm speaking not just for me, but for Bully, too. Go ahead, Bully. (laughs) Deanna, I just wanted to know if in your entire career, this is your biggest challenge to date. I, I think so. Um you know, like Dave said, this has so much buzz around it, so many eyes on it. Um, you know, the wrestling world is watching this match. And I feel like part of being champion is getting on the air and talking about it and promoting our match. And if people are kind of iffy about buying the pay-per-view or if they want to see me versus Trinity, like this is part of selling that pay-per-view and continuing to do it. So that's just part of my job as the champion and as one of the faces of Impact Wrestling. But in, internally, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on me to look my best, perform my best, keep my championship, but also, um, you know, put on a match that's worthy of all of the attention and the, the eyes that are on it. Yana, I do a lot of observing at Impact Wrestling, and I know what I have observed in you is you take a lot of pride in the entire women's division and the growth of the entire women's division. You are the women's champion you obviously want to retain your championship but what if trinity defeating you brought more eyes to the entire impact women's division 
how would you feel about that? Um, <laughs> I don't think as a champion, you ever go in wanting to lose, but um, yes, I, I think that the division is bigger than just myself. And we have a lot of women who work really hard and also want to carry this division to new heights. And if Trinity being the champion, if she can get the best of me and defeat me, um, does that for our company, then I can't complain about that. I think I've gotten to a point at Impact where whether I'm champion or not, I, I am a three-time champion, so I've lost it twice at this point. Whether I'm champion or not, I tend to just keep my role as one of the faces of our company. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, and if, if having a champion who has done a lot more than me is bigger, has a bigger platform than me, brings more eyes to our product and has more people watching every week, has more people talking about it, then me being champion doesn't matter. You know, um, we want growth. We want to continue to evolve. And if Trinity does that, if it, it's not just Trinity, if anyone did that, then I can't, I can't be upset at the end of the day, that's best for business. And Deanna, you know, you say you're one of the faces of Impact Wrestling, but I think I, I can go as far as to say that you are the face of Impact Wrestling. No disrespect to Scott Demore, but I, I think, Deanna, that you are uh, the face of Impact Wrestling right now because when you look at Championship Gold and what you've been able to do with that and how much that women's division has grown, like Bully said, and you're, you're kind of the leader of that women's division. We've seen people come and go, but you are the anchor that seems to be always there. And in this match with Trinity, you know, her, she's coming to your turf. Like, you know, Trinity does come with a lot of eyes and she does come with a lot of spotlight, but I think for you to be involved in this match shows to me that you are the face of this company. And and I hope you know that because I think you are. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, just to reiterate, like I said, you know, she brings millions and millions of viewers that might not have been watching Impact Wrestling before just to see what Trinity's doing. So um, I said it when she first debuted, you know, like this also elevates me being in the ring with her and just whether it's wrestling or having a promo or a backstage like that also elevates me. That's building my brand. So I appreciate Trinity for so much more than just who she is as a wrestler. I appreciate for the brand that Trinity is and, and what she brings to me, to our entire knockouts division, and then to our entire company. What weakness do you see in Trinity right now? Um, I think it's that pressure. You know, I've been defending this championship on and off for, you know, the better part of three years. I have been the main events of these pay-per-views for the knockouts world championship. I have been in the ring with, um, you know, Mickey James and ODB and all of these legends who, who developed our knockouts division. And this is just like consistent for me. This has been my job for the better part of three years at Impact Wrestling. This is her first really big high profile match in quite a long time. So I think what if, in my brain for me, it's like, what is she gonna feel like on that day? What is that pressure gonna feel like? Is it overwhelming? I know it can be overwhelming, but can she handle that? Because I've proved to myself that this is just another day. I'm just defending my championship and I've done it successfully for a very long time. You know, Deanna, we, you know, we spoke to you um, right after you were re released from WWE and you're building, mm -hmm. like you said, you, there was a lot of doubt. But man, you gotta look back at that now and where your life is right now and how happy you are. Like, you know, you always hear that expression, everything happens for a reason. Man, you're the definition of that. Like, when you look at that, like, like, do you ever look back at, like, where your life was three years ago and how much it would have been different if it wasn't yeah. for you being released? 
100%. I, I probably think about it every day of like, just this is, I feel like this is where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be released. I was supposed to go through, you know, a horrible breakup, being told I was a bully, being told, you know, I wasn't ready for tea. Like all of those things prepared me for where I am in my life now. And it sucks to go through those things. And it, it it's, it's like a really negative space to be in. But if you take that negativeness and you do the work to, to, make yourself better and to get in a, get your like mental health in, in, in the right place. And I just did the work and I put my head down and I said, I'm, I want to prove everyone wrong. I came on and I said like, screw these people and F these people. And I was very angry. But when I got to do the work it is when I shine the most, I thrive. I feel like in chaos. And, and like, when I get to prove people wrong, doubt me, doubt me and watch what I can do. Um, because that's what I got to do. I got to take that like, oh, I'm not ready. Watch me be ready and watch what I can do. And Impact, again, gave me that opportunity to just, you know, go out there and, and they didn't have to repackage me. They didn't have to create anybody because the world also kind of felt like mm, there, maybe there's more there and we're not getting to see it. So they just had to put it on TV and let me do my thing and hope that I was right, you know, and um, I think I had to go through all those things to get me where I am in my relationship, in my life, in my wrestling life. Um, I, I, I was so angry, but I'm so happy now. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.